you want to get going. All right, Kurt, you ready? Yes. All right. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the July 6th Metropolitan Planning Organization Technical Advisory Committee meeting. Um, Got to kind of start the meeting by doing some introductions. We have some new faces and names on here, and Ashley, I will turn that over for you to kind of go through the introductions. Thank you. And first, I'm going to do the meeting preamble. So, uh, good afternoon. My name is Ashley Briers, transportation planner, and I'm with Jessica Mortinger, uh, transportation planning manager on video. We'll work alongside Jeff Crick, who's the chair, to facilitate the meeting proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and public access channel 25. During the meeting, when you're not participating, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found on the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you are muted, a red line will appear over the icon. Muting your microphone during the meeting will make it easier for everyone to hear. You'll just have to remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In some cases, we may mute or unmute people as needed to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name and title for the, for the benefit of those listening remotely. You can turn your video on and off by clicking on the video icon on the menu. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on when you are participating in the meeting. When you are not participating, it is okay to turn your video off. Just remember to turn your video back on when you are participating. If you're participating by phone, you can click star six to unmute your phone. For those using Zoom, somewhere on your screen, you'll see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker, gallery view tiles all the meeting participants. Individuals who registered in advance to provide public comments will be remotely called on by name. And we didn't have anybody sign up, but we have Mr. Thornburg on the call. Do you have any? I guess we'll do that in a second. We'll go to your, if you have any public comments once we get there on item B. Uh, when you're called on, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for those who are physically present. Staff will direct them to the podium to speak while following social distancing and safety protocols. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, I will call on each member individually to provide their, their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. And now we'll do roll, co roll call um, introductions. So we have Chad Voigt. Yeah. Here. Okay. David Cronin. I'm here. Okay. Do we have Kevin? Yes. Here. I'm just assuming me, me. Yes. <laughs> you, yes. Sorry. Hey, hi. Uh, we, Glenn Rodden is not here. Okay. We have Lindley Sanford. Here. Awesome. Jeff Crick. Here. Uh, Allison Smith. Here. Adam Weigel. Here. And Margreta. Here. Right. Plus, we have a few extra people today, so let's see. Laura McCullough, do you want to say who you're with? Yeah, Laura McCulloch with Lawrence Douglas County Public Health, Community Health Planner. And Ms. Cochran? Yes, this is Cecily Cochran. I'm representing Federal Highway Kansas City. Great. Uh, Steve Ballman? Yep, Steve Ballman, area engineer, Topeka Metro, with KDOT. Okay, and I know Allie is with uh, Eudora as an intern. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and then we have JT. So I guess I'll move on to Jeff so you can ask about public comment. 
Ashley, thank you. Jeff Crick, uh, Planning Development Services. Um, now, item number B on the agenda. Is there any public comment uh, in the room? In Ashley's saying there's no public comment in the room. Is there anyone like to provide public comment on Zoom? Please raise your digital hand and Ashley will let me know. I don't see anybody. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Thank you. So we will go ahead and move on to item number C, excuse me, letter C. Uh, approve the minutes of April 6th. I'm happy to entertain any changes or a motion related to those minutes. This is Adam Weigel. I'll move approval of the April 6th minutes. This is Lindley Sanford with the City of Lecompton. I'll second the motion. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services. We have a motion and a second to approve the minutes. Any further discussion on the item? All right, seeing none. Ashley, would you call the roll, please? Yes. Chad? Aye. David Cronin? Aye. Kevin? Aye. Lindley? Aye. Jeff? Aye. Allison? Aye. Adam? Aye. Margreta? One to abstain since I wasn't in attendance. Okay. So it, the motion passes seven to zero with one abstention. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services, thank you. We'll move on to uh, agenda items. Um, item number one is the Lawrence Douglas County Intelligent Transportation System Plan. And I believe I'll turn it over to Ashley to guide us through that item. Thank you, Ashley Breyers, Transportation Planner. Let me share my screen. Sorry. I'm going to do that again. There we go. <laughs> Second try is a good one. Okay. So, again, my name is Ashley Breyers, and this item is for the Intelligent Transportation Systems plan or ITS and we have a short slideshow to present on it. Intelligent transportation systems is the use of use of technology in order to make transportation flow better basically and it integrates technology across all sorts of different systems and modes of transportation and this is a plan that we're required to do so we have done it. The last plan was completed in 2015. We did a minor update for this planning process, really to make sure that the programs were still accurate and to update the Transportation 2040 goals because we had done a new long-range transportation plan between the old ITS plan and the new one. 
His process included a steering committee, which is shown here, which was formed by the MPO Policy Board in December. And we met four times over Zoom this past spring and had very specific topics for each meeting and really moved through the process very quickly. The ITS plan is tied together with Transportation 2040, which is our long-range plan, and the Transportation Improvement Program, or the TIP. So there are 21 projects, and this table shows how they match with the goals from Transportation 2040, how they're implementing the goals. And then it's also coordinated with the Transportation Improvement Program, because when projects are submitted to be included in the TIP, we then ensure that they are consistent with the ITS plan. And if they're not, we will have to update the ITS plan or make sure we can make it make sense. Here are the projects. There are 21 projects. The green ones are new projects that were included based on the steering committee's discussion. So alternative fuels or low to no emission infrastructure and vehicles programs. Uh, at one point we included that as just electric vehicles, but then after discussion with the committee decided that we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves into just electric vehicles, and so we included alternative fuels. And then also a shared mobility program is an, a new one. We did remove the interagency information system sharing project because we realized it was very similar to the elements within the event and incident management program project. So we combined some of that together. This chart shows the financials for each of the projects and the programs. And so the top 10 are all ongoing programs. So there would not have a one-time expense. So it's ongoing. And this was extremely hard to put together because it was such a unknown on, on the cost, especially for the electric vehicle, or the, oh, the alternative fuels information. And then some of the other stuff is just too far out, so we didn't have exact numbers. But our estimates are 28 million to 63 million in order to implement all of these projects. Now, there are 21 projects, but I'm just going to highlight three projects that are just kind of interesting so you can see them. Here's an example of one. This is the Fiber Communications Expansion Program. And this map shows the different intersections where prioritization of including fiber has been done. And we're working through that process. IT, uh, the IT department for Lawrence is the one responsible for this fiber plan. Dynamic message signs project has two parts. The dynamic message signs along K10, uh, which are these little green dots here, and then ongoing possible signs sometime in the future that, that do not have attached funding to them. But part of the process was discussing where would it make sense to have DMS signs at some point. And then the last one here is tra transit traveler information. So signs at the multimodal transfer facility and other places that would show when the next bus will arrive. There was a public comment for this plan. We had three public comments. Two were positive public comments, and one thought we should do more to encourage walkability rather than relying dependency on cars. Uh, on the agenda, we included a table that shows the comments and staff responses. And 
that's all we have for this ITS plan. Let me stop sharing. Do you have any questions? Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Any any questions from the committee for Ashley? Ashley, I've got I've got one, and I don't know if there's an answer to it or if it's a little early in the item. We're talking about the digital messaging side. A couple of those look like they were inside the um, Lawrence city limits. Would those be controlled by the city of Lawrence or would it be like a joint control between uh, KDOT and the city or is that just kind of to be determined as the signs come online? Yeah, so Ashley Byers, Transportation Planner. The thought would be, that would be to de be determined as it comes online, but we also discussed sharing the possibility of putting messages on signs, some of the KDOT ones, maybe putting some Lawrence information, some of the other ones that are controlled by KC Scout uh, which is out of Kansas City, having some coordination of messages uh, if necessary. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services. If there's no other questions from the committee for Ashley, I'll turn over for a uh, public comment on this item. So if anybody has any public comment on this one, please uh, raise your digital hand or um, if anyone present in the commission room, be happy to hear the item. I'm not seeing anybody raising their hand on this item, so I'll turn it back to, to the committee on that item. Any, any other questions, thoughts, motions on this item that you'd like to take forward? I'll recommend approval of the Lawrence Douglas County Intelligent Transportation Systems Plan. Allison Smith, KDOT Planning, I'll second. All right, we have a motion to approve by Adam, a second by Allison. Any other discussion on the item before the vote? Seeing none, Ashley, would you mind reading the roll, please? Sure. Uh, Ashley Bryce, Transportation Planner. Chad? Aye. David? Aye. Kevin? Aye. Lindley? Aye. Jeff? Aye. Allison? Aye. Adam? Aye. Margretta. Aye. All right. Item passes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to zero. Jeff Craig, Plank and Development Services. Thank you, Ashley. Move us on to item number two, which is the countywide bike plan. And I believe Jessica is going to help guide us through that item. 
Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Ashley's going to share the first little short presentation I have. We began this process a few years ago when we went to update the current existing countywide bikeway plan. And we began that process intending to do one plan. Um, mainly, uh, particularly because we wanted to reconcile the various bike and ped, particularly the bike portions of planning that had been done, including particularly for Eudora and Baldwin City, some of their parks and rec planning. Um, as we got into that, we also found that we really wanted to find um, consistency with the visions for safe routes to school planning. And we finished those plans um, last year before we fit, came back to finish this plan. We really wanted a vision and what we heard from the community is for a continuous low-stress bikeway network, so comfortable facilities, um, and criteria to establish bikeways kind of on some of those best practices and standards, basically based on speed and volume, not just a bike lane is not a bike lane. It's not the same on every street. Um, and we wanted to really lay out an approach that kind of targeted some different tactics um, to build some better education, encouragement, enforcement, evaluation tools um, into the plan, um, including some regional performance measures that could help end up supporting and supplementing the Lawrence bike plan, um, which we finished separately from this process, even though we started them together, um, to really track what's happening in the region related to countywide bikeway implementation. Um, we really built the case for bicycling in the, that's in the literature. It ties back to our community health improvement plan and health. Um, it ties into mobility. It ties into some of our environmental goals. Um, really uh, look at some of our regional safety goals and the national literature that shows the benefits, the economic benefits of um, places that people can bike. So um, we asked community members that in their engagement, why they bike, and we got a variety of responses. Um, and we shared some of those um, in the plan. Um, we felt overall, people told us, these are just called out the responses from the process that were um, not Lawrence specific. So if anybody told us they lived in unincorporated areas of Douglas County or any of uh, Eudora, Baldwin City or Lecompton, and people generally somewhat or strongly agreed um, or, um, you know, for the majority that they would bicycle more if they felt they could do so safely. And that really speaks to the level of comfort concerns that we heard and the desire to have facilities that are built for the appropriate speed and volume of the roadway. Um, we, uh, I showed you here the Lawrence and the non-Lawrence responses, um, but in this process that the five reasons people that do not bicycle. And while we can't control things like weather, um, we can control things around enforcement of aggressive driving behavior, um, concerns about personal safety uh, or unsafe roadway conditions, um, and or the lack of dedicated bicycle facilities. Um, Sometimes we can't control time and destination, although there's some other long-term drivers for land use that can probably uh, could do some of that control. But um, this was kind of uh, an interesting view about why people who responded to our survey said they don't bicycle. And there's some, I believe, some things that were identified in here that really give us ways to target some of the solutions um, to making bicycling more attractive. Um, so we also asked people how um, bicycling or the needs of people who bicycle should be prioritized um, in terms of the transportation network and uh, with people who use other modes. So people who drive and walk and you can see, again, a majority um, told us they somewhat or strongly agree that those needs should also be prioritized and should be important in our region. 
Here gets, we drilled really down into the comfort conversation. We provided people um, in their responses uh, photos of different types of facilities to bike on. Um, you can see on the left those facility types and ask them how comfortable. If you look in the appendices, we have this about riding with their children too, um, to understand where people really felt in terms of the idea of where a concerned cyclist um, would feel comfortable riding. Um, the responses, uh, these are all the responses in the county, but you can see the comfort level, which is the lighter color blue on the right, um, gets a lot bigger um, as you go up. Uh, in the bars. And that's really because as you go up, there's also increased level of protection of the bikeway facility. And so this really reflects and um, I think justified some of the conversation that we've been having in Lawrence, but also countywide about uh, right-sizing the facility. Our vision um, for this plan is similar to the Lawrence one, a bikeway network that supports safe and comfortable riding for all. Um, and as a result of that, there's some goals um, that are very specific that have performance that we can track in them related to safety and crashes, um, related to implementation of the bikeways, um, and when we take opportunities to during road improvements and impro make safety improvements or implement, implement standalone bikeway infrastructure and what we envision that to be in terms of mileage increases. Um, by 2030. Um, and then also um, some goals around installing signage and implementing the American Discovery Trail and US bike network. So we um, that was one thing we had really heard in the long range planning process last time that we felt like there was no good inter-county connections. And so we took that opportunity to coordinate on a larger scale some of that network and identified that in the countywide plan. Um, but I did talk about a five E's approach. So thinking about more than just engineering. Um, we did uh, really think about, um, you know, this plan engaged people and through the Safe Routes to School plan, we felt like particularly for Baldwin City and Eudora, that's where they're going to make the most momentum in implementing um, shared use path network, which is part of the bikeway network. Um, is around schools. And so some of the safe routes to school implementation stuff also applies. We also took the opportunity to identify locations um, for things like the three foot passing uh, signage, uh, three foot passing law and educational signs. Um, opportunities, again, to identify the value of items like the bicycle rideability map, which we produce um, in partnership with the MPO Bicycle Advisory Committee. Um, and then some other opportunities you can see, particularly around engineering and the components of some of the recommendations we have around crossing improvements, designing, implementing the bikeway network we have in the plan, um, and other considerations around engineering that tie to enforcement, things like lowering the speed limit or installing traffic calming to improve safety. Um, well, this is kind of probably challenging to see any specific line, what I think um, you know, I'm going to show you kind of what the plan entails in terms of existing and planned networks across the county. It connects all the cities to each other. Um, the dash lines are future 
lines where we're where we've called out where we anticipate the separation need to be based on that level of comfort that we would anticipate seeing in the design guideline. Um, Ashley, you can flip through these. We we have them for each individual community, and these are consistent with their safe routes to school planning alignments and their parks and rec master plans. Um, so they really do create a cohesive image of what biking and walking will look like and could look like in Eudora Baldwin City in Lecompton. I mentioned before that we talked about interstate and intercounty routes. Um, and at a high level, these have been identified across our networks uh, for some where they are appropriate now in terms of where the best route is for people currently taking these cross uh, country routes. Um, and then also where if improvements are made, routes could be uh, varied or alignments could be changed based on when Im uh, improvements get implemented. Um, and we went through the process of uh, discussing some of these and making sure they were they reflected the work that we've done in Douglas County um, and that we plan to do. Um, on each of those other maps, you saw where the lines were purple, blue, or pink. That corresponds with this idea of separation, and it's tied into the design guide. Um, and so we're looking at, you know, major separation is highest speed and volume routes um, down to a shared street where you have slower speeds and lower traffic volumes. It's appropriate to share infrastructure, um, more like a roadway with a paved shoulder in our for some of our rural routes um, that are very, very popular bicycling routes. Ashley, wanna, and that's what this design guide um, is. It matches the design, the design guide for Lawrence, and it reflects really what we envision tying together best practices from NACDO and ASHDO and MUTCD, which are all the federal guidance uh, for for federal facility criteria. For me, to have a manual for uniform traffic control devices, or uh, the uh, the National Association of Traffic Officials. So we are excited to bring those some of those bikeway type types to our region. Um, some of which are newer than others. We finalized this plan with a public comment period from May 6th to June 5th um, for the countywide plan. We had three responses, um, no specific comments, but that, that um, indicated that they supported the planning, the plan um, and its implementation. Um, that's what I have to present to you today. I'd be happy to entertain any questions you might have as you consider recommending approval to the MPO policy board for the countywide plan. Jeff Craig Plank and Development Services. Thank you, Jessica. Any questions about the report or the presentation for Jessica? All right, well, seeing none, I'll go ahead and see if there's any public comment on this item. Uh, feel free to raise your digital hand or if you're in the room um we let ashley know and ashley i'm not sure if i can see that panel but um, let me know if there's any zoom hands that are raised this is ashley Breyers. there's nobody in the room and i don't see any hands all right, Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. I'll, I'll turn it back to the committee here. Um, thoughts, questions, comments, motions? 
So is Adam Weigel. I would move that we recommend approval of the countywide bike plan. This is Lindley Sanford, City of Lecompton. I'll second the motion. We have a motion by Adam and a second by Lindley to recommend approval of the plan. Um, with that, any other comments and questions? I'll assume no on that. Ashley, would you mind reading the role on this item, please? Sure. Ashley Bryce, transportation planner. Chad? Aye. David? Aye. Kevin? Aye. Lindley? Aye. Jeff? Aye. Allison? Aye. Adam? Aye. Margreta? Aye. All right. The motion passes eight to zero. Jeff Craig Planning Development Services. Thank you, Ashley. And that moves us on to uh, excuse me, item number three, which is our Lawrence Pedestrian Plan Steering Committee item. Um, and Jessica, I think you're going to kind of guide us on that one too. Maybe, maybe. Okay. Um, we have taken the opportunity um, to begin work um, on our regional pedestrian plan update. Um, that's been identified in our unified planning work program um, for third and fourth quarter. And so as that begins, we would like to lay out the framework for our steering committee. And if Ashley, you could share the slide of the, of the layout we have, we consulted we have made the decision that like the countywide plan, we are going to split um, the pedestrian plan, the regional pedestrian plan into a Lawrence um, and then the Baldwin City Eudora LeCompton plan. So we'll have two plans. Um, and part of that um, rationale for doing so is we really want to not dilute um, the work that we need to do in Baldwin City and Eudora and LeCompton, um, and then recognize that the intensity and interest from the public in the Lawrence process um, is going to be a lot higher. And so to have, we kind of really felt like the better process um, to be in the amount of progress that each kind of community is making would be best reflected by having um, two plans. So we are proposing this um, pedestrian plan update steering committee for the Lawrence um, section. Um, we, and as such, uh, we would ask if you see, um, as such, we'd see the steering committee is the top part and really the staff advisors um, that kind of would serve to serve in the role both to consult on the planning process um, and or um, be included on the invitations to meetings to participate and follow along in that way also. Um, that's kind of how we have framed the transit um, reroute redesign work that we've been doing and it's worked, we, we believe it's working pretty well. So we would welcome feedback on that and or um, based on the steering committee list, if you would like to weigh in on, um, if you feel like we have all the voices that we need, we have consulted our partners at, um, in Lawrence um, in planning and in MSO um, to kind of make sure that their uh, thoughts are reflected in this um, who should be involved, but I would welcome any other feedback you might have as we look for a recommendation from you uh, to establish this to send to the MPO policy board. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services. Thank you, Jessica. Any comments or suggestions related to the list for this one? Uh, 
This is Adam Weigel. I might just be missing it, but um, was there a thought about uh, USD school district involved? I know they've been involved with a lot of safe routes to school stuff, but didn't know their role in this type of process. Yeah, so thanks, Adam. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I think that's a good question, and we talked about it. Um, we talked about it mainly because we had heavily involvement from them in the work group, in the Safe Routes to School work group that we have done. We felt really that this pedestrian plan, while it will prioritize some of the work done on, on Safe Routes to School and be, and be consistent in implementation, it really goes beyond their scope of work. Um, and we didn't feel like at this point that we would really get their engagement um, for what, well, one, that we would get their time in terms of their really at capacity as well, um, but also that we didn't feel like if we had a specific issue that may be related to schools, we could reach out to them, but we didn't feel like for the entire planning process that it was important to have them at the table. I didn't, I guess I didn't, we haven't shared with you, uh, we have a draft scope of work and also, um, you know, particularly for Lawrence, I think this maybe applies that um, in the way that the city of Lawrence prioritizes bicycle and pedestrian funding for projects through the non-motorized prioritization policy, there is already heavy prioritization on safe routes to school routes. And so while this plan will look at routes to probably transit and healthy food access and um, parks um, to add to maybe some of those gap projects that are identified, the prioritization in the funding still has a separate local process that would be need to be reevaluated to change any of that prioritization. So those projects will still score very highly when it looks to implementation. So I don't mean to write them off when I am saying just because they're not at the table, those safe routes to school projects are, as a community has kind of said, in terms of setting that prioritization are, have been heavily prioritized for implementation. Thank you. And Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. Any other questions for Jessica on this item? Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I'll just add one more thing. We are going to come back um, after we develop our, we're trying to figure out our strategy for work groups and steering committee for the other, the other part of this, the pedestrian planning work we're going to be doing this year for Eudora, Baldwin City, and Lecompton. And we will come back at, at a future meeting with that structure, in case you're wondering. Thank you. Very, that was very helpful. Thank you. Um, Seeing no, no additional comment from the committee here, but uh, for public comment, any, any member of the public have comment on this particular item? Please raise your Zoom hands or let Ashley know that would like to provide comment on the item. All right, seeing none, I'll turn back to the committee on that one. And Jessica, just to confirm it, it, this is to recommend to establish the committee at this point in time. So, okay. Jeff Trey, Planning and Development Services, I'm happy to entertain any motions on this item. Steve Cronin. I'm sorry, Dave. Oh. Just one oh. more question uh, timeline um, for when this group might get started. 
Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Our us well, our attempt would be to entertain this at a July MPO Policy Board meeting and to get appointments made in August um, to have a first meeting in September, um, where we would be able to hopefully present our first draft of existing conditions and talk to the committee about buy-in to what we envision the scope of work to be. I have a question too, uh, Jessica. So I may have missed that. Well, is there a plan for Eudora to have their own separate Baldwin Lecompton? So will it be four or it's Lawrence and then one other one for the other three? So Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager, we're still trying to figure that out. So how we did it on the bikeway committee, we, we, we did it as we had just the MPO policy board overall steering committee, um, which has representation from each of the communities uh, weigh in on, on that for, you know, for the countywide bikeway portion of the plan. Um, so for the pedestrian one though, um, those pedestrian routes are not connected through the unincorporated parts of the county. So it doesn't exactly work in the same way. Um, and there's a little more localized interest in each of the cities. And we feel like uh, if we bring them all together to work as a steering committee, we're not going to get the level of effort or engagement we want, you know, because it'll be kind of diluted down like Eudora doesn't necessarily care what Compton or Baldwin City is doing um, in the sense of, you you know, you have valuable time resources. And so we've, we're thinking about how we're going to do that. And we've had kickoff meetings with all the cities to kind of talk about their interest in the plan, what they'd like to see, how that works. And we haven't finalized what we're doing, but we're kind of envisioning some work groups that would report to single, like another single steering committee. So each city would have a work group that would then feed work up to another steering committee that would be like all of the other cities. That's kind of what we're envisioning. We'll bring that back next month. Okay. Thank you. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services. Uh, Dave, I think you were, I'm not sure you had a comment or a motion there, or just didn't want to lose that in the, in the shuffle there. Yeah, Dave Cronin, City of Lawrence. I'd move uh, to recommend establishing the Lawrence Pedestrian Plan Steering Committee. Adam Weigel, I'll second. Jeff Craig Planning Development says we have a motion by David, a second by Adam to recommend approval of the committee. Any other comments or questions on this? All right, seeing none. Ashley, would you mind calling the roll, please? Sure. Uh, Ashley Byers, Transportation Planner. Chad? Aye. Dave? Aye. Kevin? Aye. Lindley? Aye. Jeff? Aye. Allison? Aye. Adam? Aye. Margreta? Aye. All right. Motion passes eight to zero. Jeff Craig Planning Development Services. Thank you, Ashley. And if my screen is correct, I think this moves us on to item number four, which is safe routes to school amendment number one. And Ashley, I believe, is going to help us do that item. That's correct. Uh, Ashley Breyer, Transportation Planner. I'm going to share my screen again. Right. The Lawrence Safe Routes to School plan was approved by the MPO Policy Board in November of last year, so 2020. And just recently, we learned that USD 497 is evolving Kennedy Elementary School from a uh, 
elementary school into a early childhood community center. And so that means we need to amend our Safe Routes to School routes uh, because previously we had routes for Kennedy Elementary and now those students are attending either Cordley, Prairie Park, or New York. So this amendment one is to update the routes to reflect the change due to Kennedy. And the school provided us with anonymized student data, which we mapped and you created heat maps so we could see where there were clusters of students and what school they were going to. And we just added two little parts to, to the routes. So Quarterly now has another bit here along 19th, it's circled in blue, and then down Haskell. And then Prairie Park has along Harper and then a little bit along 19th. So those were added to the routes. And because of those changes, we then needed to remove the Kennedy projects. So those are being removed. And this project is, Harper Street Bike Project, is actually now on the Prairie Park routes. So it's now listed as a Prairie Park project. And then when we added those new segments of route, it meant that we needed to have some new projects. So there's some sidewalk and bike projects here. And the group that worked on this was the Safe Routes to School working group that has worked on the entire Safe Routes to School stuff that we've been doing since uh, 2019. So we're just continuing to work on that for now. And then also USD 497 asked us to change shalls to shoulds throughout the document when referring, referring to things that they're going to do. So we're going to make that change as well. Here's a list of just the updates. Uh, surprisingly, when you remove a school, it, you have to change a lot of things. So we had to change the list of schools and the, the maps here. And then in the summary, it shows all the changes. So this was the old map where Kennedy was in purple here, and now it's not there, and it's part of those three schools. I won't scroll through all of those, but uh, if you have any specific questions, I can go to a specific part in the summary or try to answer those for you. Ashley, thank you. Uh, Jeff Craig Plank and Development Services. Any questions or comments on this item from the committee? Seeing none there. Uh, any any public comment on this item? There's uh, Ashley Breyer's no one in the room, at least. Right. Any public comment on that item? So I'd be happy to entertain motion on this update. Or excuse me, this amendment. My apologies. Lindley Sanford, City of Wacompton. I move to approve the uh, amendment to the Safe Routes to School for Lawrence. Dave Cronin, City of Lawrence, second. Uh, we have a, a motion by Lindley and a second by David on this particular item. Any other comments from the committee? All right, Ashley, if I may, we'll give trouble for the roll, please. 
for Ashley Bryce Transportation Planner. Chad? Aye. Dave? Aye. Kevin? Aye. Lindley? Yes. Uh, Jeff? Aye. Allison? Aye. Adam? Aye. Margareta? Aye. Right. Thank you. Motion passes eight to zero. Jeff Craig, Pine Dwelling Services. Thank you. And it takes us on to item number five, which is the Lawrence Transportation and Land Use Best Practices Guide and Development Discussion. And uh, I believe that's Jessica going to talk to us about Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I'm going to speak with you a little bit about this. We have attached to the agenda the draft um, kind of scope of work for this proposed research topics that we're proposing um, to do technical research on to kind of provide some guidance or recommendations related to implementing the vision that's in our long range transportation and land use plans. And so I'll just kind of I'll read through that list really quickly. Um, and then we can talk about it. We really, when we've consulted kind of about how we should structure this work, um, this isn't making any of the actual changes. This is just a process to research where we stand and compared to national best practices and research some known topics that um, have been of concern or interest to the community and or per just locally pertinent um, stuff. So um, you can see the uh, a possible consideration of major thoroughfares map re revision, which is the street classifications that stratify um, and connect the land development code and the street design standards. Standards, particularly in Lawrence um, and throughout Douglas County, establishment um, or consideration for uh, filling in the placeholders for current transportation corridor overlays that are in the development code, um, considerations about access management or corridor specific access management needs, uh, right of way parking policies and parking best practices, connectivity policies for bicycle and pedestrian networks. And when we thought about this, we're thinking about things like implementing those as development occurs and or uh, pedestrian connections across um, from the right of way to store entrances or other considerations, uh, probably with like curvilinear style street development, um, and then streetscape design. And while these are all kind of, some of them are a little more specific and some of them are a little higher level, um, we envisioned putting together some white paper type research to document where we are compared to some alternatives, um, whether that kind of be some peer or peer communities and or other national best practice communities to kind of present some options that we would then envision being um, topics for future conversation at the appropriate body. So whether that be um, a planning commission or multimodal transportation commission to consider locally for um, implementation. Um, and that could, those could then be prioritized um, by planning and development services, municipal services on operations or other relevant uh, cities or county staff uh, for implementation um, over a multi-year timeline we would envision. So um, because this is a little bit different than other processes we, we have done and it's pretty technical in nature, we envisioned using the TAC um, as the guiding policy. So we, in, we envisioned um, bringing to you next month, hopefully, uh, the start of what that's going to look like kind of as, as a template with uh, a topic or two. Um, we'll see how far we get in our research to kind of start that process. Um, and we'll uh, expect 
uh, help from you to review that work and ask relevant questions so we can strengthen the documents that we are able to then provide um, for additional future conversation around any of these items. I'd entertain any questions or comments you have about that plan of how we envision to do this work. This is Laura McCulloch with Lawrence Douglas County Public Health. I just had a question as to whether there will be an opportunity for the community or stakeholders to provide input into what research areas might be included in this. Yeah, so Laura, this is Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. This, Laura, this is really a first step, I think, in us exploring some of these issues and being able to spend some staff capacity and doing some work. Ultimately, the MPO TAC or the MPO will not be the decision-making bodies on um, these kind of technical reports. And I think that while these are public committees that people can attend, I believe really the public process around implementation will happen and can occur in terms of feedback we get either through this process with this staff. If you hear of other things you'd like us to consider, we will be somewhat limited in capacity. I mean, there's in terms of what we can entail, this is a pretty big visionary list and we'll get through as much of it as we can and then kind of just keep reassessing, I think, um, seeing how it goes and how effective or useful this process is um, to leading to some prioritization and change. There are some things that could happen that could change this, um, particularly the city of Lawrence and a consideration in the uh, capital improvement plan to rewrite the land development code. If that happens, you can see how some of these things would be tied to that. And depending on where we are at in the process may or may not be longer relevant, depending on what that timeline looks like, or it might feed into that process, which once they get into those implementation processes, that's where we see this background research really providing just public information to public processes that would need to occur. And those would all need to be determined probably by the city or uh, geographic entity implementing those changes. You have credit planning development services. Now, Jessica, I, just making sure I got this right, you're not asking for a motion on this particular. This is more of an FYI for the committee to be thinking about as the process kicks off. Yeah, so I think, yeah, Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager, I think questions like what Laura had are the type of conversation we want to have. If there are other things you think should be added to the list, whether that's now or across future meetings, if you know people are interested in this, um, to, you know, as members of TAC to alert them to this is the, the process so we can get their engagement. Although we really do envision this to be... Um, a really technical process. Um, and so really it's about preparing information in a way that we that it could be presented to some other local um, public bodies um, for their consideration. Thank you. Jessica, this is Allison Smith at KDOT. So you're gonna do this research and then what? So what is, what is the product? Um, what is the the purpose of doing this. I mean, I get it's great to do research, but what is going to be done with it? Well, I think already we've, um, Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager, all of these things are things that either the Multimodal Transportation Commission, previous conversations with TAC, um, or stakeholders, you know, our membership on this call, or even conversations that we've had in larger 
with larger planning commission bodies as we talk about implementing the visions that are in T2040 or Plan 2040, that some of these code-specific changes are going to be required, I think, to get us to that point. And I don't... The product in our part for the first part is a some white paper style documents that are research. I think at a higher level, we will be coming back to TAC and talking with maybe local governments and cities. Like there has been expressed interest in revising and stratifying how major uh, thoroughfares is done. So the conversation so far has been about specifically that example has been about exploring whether there needs to be a for collector streets in that is tied to the local design land uh, development code if there need in street design standards if there needs to be a residential collector and a commercial collector that was the idea that was thrown out there so one of the things we're researching like for example in that that'll probably be one of the first things that we do and we identified in the UPWP like we haven't written future work uh, yet to revise those. We're hoping that at the end of this process, we have a list that says, okay, if you do this thing, it needs to be coordinated with this thing. And it's kind of putting together some of the context for how we would proceed around these issues. And that's why I said it could change depending on what happens with land development code. And I don't, some of them may not result in a change like parking, right away parking standards. That might be something we explore in terms of pulling back out the um, EPA study that was done around neighborhood parking, looking at the parking strategy, making recommendations about some best practices for cities. There might be a decision by this body that we're good where we're at, that there that there isn't a place we need to move. But then we might need to go back and reflect. And this is why we feel like this is a good project to do before uh, our long-range plan development really kicks off next year um, to be able to have a larger conversation around strategies that would we would want to identify it through that planning public planning process for consideration of implementation and inclusion in the long-range plan. Does that answer your question? I, I don't know that each of them has a specific end result. Yeah, more or less. Jeff Craig Planning Development Services. Any other comments or questions for Jessica on this item? Also, just put it out there. Um, anybody from the public would like to provide comment or question on this item, feel free to do so with the digital hand or any other way to indicate. Ashley, I will, I will go ahead and hazard a guess. You probably have no one in the room still. Okay. All right. Well, seeing none there, and from what I understand, we don't need to take a motion on this at this point. So that will be something we'll see in future meetings coming up. So that gets us over to, since it kind of segues very wonderfully into what we're just talking about, uh, item number six, which is the 2022 Unified Planning Work Program discussion. And Jessica, I think, is going to help us with that. Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. We're at that point in the year where we would like to begin the conversation with you all about the work that we draft into our 2022 Unified Planning Work Program. Um, we know that a majority of our time next year is going to be spent on our... Um, 
transportation, what we believe will be 2050 um, long range transportation plan development, which needs to be approved by March of 2023. Um, and so we have um, laid out kind of the framework, um, at least in our minds and plan to in the UPWP um, to also uh pursue the modeling, um, a consultant to help assist with the modeling work for the development of that plan in-house. Um, but we wanted to have a conversation with you all about other remaining transportation planning items or work um, that we should consider or need to coordinate with um, for next year um, as we think about what that plan looks like and what um, the MPO workload uh, looks like. Jeff Craig Planning Development Services. And I will just throw it open to the floor and for anyone to, to provide some thoughts on that upcoming work plan. Uh, Adam Weigel, uh, Transit Parking Manager in City Lawrence. I don't know that this belongs in UPWP, but I know we are pursuing um, the potential for a zero emission transition plan for next for 2022 on the transit side of things to help us prepare in a technical way how we get to 100% electric fleet and what that looks like operationally for us and infrastructure needs and all of that um, we're still trying to look at other cities to figure out what like the public engagement process looks like for something like that or how much it is it's more technical in nature um, but I know that's something on our radar for planning work in 2022. Was that um, Allison Smith, KDOT, Adam, was that an AIC application? Yes. Okay, that's cool. And Jessica, as far as KDOT goes, we don't have any different expectations than normal. Um, so nothing as far as that has changed. Um, and as far as dollar amounts, um, we're just recommending um, using your final CPG amount um, from your agreement for this year for 2021, plus whatever expected carryover um, that you estimate. Um, that's just a kind of a conservative amount since we don't have um, a federal transportation bill at this point. Um, so that's kind of just the estimate that we're um, telling all of our MPOs to use right now. So if you want to use that, yeah. that dollar amount for planning purposes, that's what we're going, going with. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager, with clawback um, is planned for the end of the year. I would assume we anticipate having a carryover that's significant enough to help us cover some of the cost of our modeling, and we will be making that formal request. Is there a point in time when it's best for us to make that? Um, I would just—I um, will get you a time frame, but I would— expect there to more than likely be a deferral of the clawback since we're kind of still in this whole pandemic 
operations um, phase. We haven't had any firm decisions, but I'm not a betting person, okay. but fairly safe to say that we'll probably do the same thing we did last year. Okay. Um, we'll yeah. have and a if team not, meeting. If not, I guess we would just, it would just come more into transportation planning manager. It would be helpful for us to know if there's in general a timeline. I mean, I can send that email regardless, probably if, if you guys are making that decision, if that's yeah, better to do like, have in the next few months. Yeah. Allison okay. Smith, Kata, we'll have a team meeting um, this week and I'll make sure I bring it up but we have um, briefly mentioned it. So um, yeah, and, and that's an eligible um, ask because you're, you're TDM and, and stuff. So um, certainly, um, but with the situation being as it is, I can imagine we will do the same thing we did last year, um, which was, but I'll get you a um, kind of a certain, more certain answer, but um, that would be my best guess at this point. Okay, thank you. Sure. This is Laura McCulloch with Lawrence Douglas County Public Health. I'm not sure if this makes sense to include in this particular work plan, particularly because I know that it's being integrated into other projects. Um, but I just wanted to mention the food access stuff just because there are several organizations that are interested right now in prioritizing food access through transportation. And um, your assistance, of course, will be helpful in the, the planning and evaluation process for that. Yeah, Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. I think we would include those types of programmatic things that are some more smaller term thing. Of course, our capacity to do some of that work will just be determined by where we are in our long range plan um, development and where that falls. I really hope that um, for those of you that don't know, we're working right now on um, some data mapping around food access and sharing some of the available data um, related to transportation access with public health and the Food Policy Council. We have put together some client mapping, particularly um, for a local service social service agency that has allowed us to compare that uh, client data to some of the transportation disadvantaged analysis we've done and found we found some correlation, um, which helps support some of the um, data that we've gotten from the census and that use that distribution in our community um, around transportation access, um, because particularly they not only had client data, but they asked people how they got to their location. Um, and people that didn't said they didn't have a car, that's the, that data also correlated with what we had found for transportation disadvantaged populations. And so we're working on some of those things around looking at sharing that information in the transit route redesign study, um, but also exploring hopefully in the pedestrian planning in terms of access to food destinations, how um, those transportation networks, particularly like sidewalks or bikeway networks or transit access um, is impacted by those populations. So, yeah, Laura, I would think we would want to continue that work. And if not, um, even the Lawrence strategic plan, I think, and their 
equity initiatives are really and and you know the direct um, statement around food access are going to support incorporating that type of analysis and data and work into what we would consider our traditional federally required transportation plans. Adam Weigel, City of Lawrence. Another thing that staff's currently working on are some technical models for how we uh, prioritize bus stop improvements. Um, historically, that's been largely reliant on ridership, trying to do the most good with limited resources for the most people. Um, I know we're trying to model in a number of other things. I mean, food access is part of that, but there's a lot of equity and environmental justice zone considerations with what stops we would want to improve next. Um, so that work has already started, but may bleed over to 2022, um, just depending on how that how that goes. Um, right now we're in the <laughs> in the weeds of, of a lot of technical work, but at some point it'll make sense for it to um, uh, to move into more of a engagement type planning process and um, kind of getting some gut checks on what the right path forward is. Yeah, Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. I think it's our best interest, Adam, to continue to coordinate on that work. Jeff Craig, planning development services. The one, the one that I'll add here, and I'm not sure it's quite in the same line with this one, but I just throw it out there for consideration. Is you know maybe some the work around transportation and how it connects with affordable housing efforts that we're seeing in, in the communities and, and throughout our, our whole county in many ways. Um, I know that's a, that's a very tall and, and large kind of ask to put on the on the UPWP, but it might be worth just having it on there as a something that we might fold into the, the T2050 update or environmental justice or some of those other components out there. So I just, I'd put that forward for everyone else's thought and consideration. This is Laura McCulloch with Public Health, and I just want to kind of, um, Jeff's comment reminded me as well, um, regarding the um, anti-poverty uh, portion of the community health plan. Um, one of the goals is improving access, accessibility of transportation. And so um, that might be something as well that MP we would um, like MPO's assistance with and moving forward with that goal of the community health plan. And I don't know what all that might entail. I know those conversations have started. Yeah, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. We are still in the process of working through um, a conversation with KDOT about the development of a mobility manager position in Douglas County um, that we envision um, within our planning and development services transportation planning unit, um, being able to support some of that work. Um, and we'll have to figure out how that aligns as it is in our structure in that unit. Um, like how 
uh, KDOT maybe about what your expectations are, Allison, would be good to figure out in terms of that work plan because it's in the MPO structure and supervised kind of in that using the Regional Transit Advisory Committee as the expectation that that work would be incorporated into the UPWP, even though it's not paid out and billed out of the UPWP, but it's a separate grant process? Or would it just be mentioned in like, this is covered by this position? Um and then just build separately as since that's a state grant process. I don't know if, if there's any mobility planners that are housed basically within city MPO structures in the state yet. Um, Allison Smith, KDOT. Um, not that I'm aware of, but one thing that I know one of my other MPOs does and it's, and it's perfectly fine, is to show other planning efforts that are going on within the region. And so one thing you can do is carve out a separate section of your UPWP to show, if you want to show some of that work that the mobility manager is doing or this food access work, it, it may not be work that's billed to the CPG, but you want to show, you know, other planning work or kind of tell the whole planning story as it relates to transportation. Um, so that's certainly something that you can put in your UPWB um, just to show, um, to put in context everything that's going on in the region. And so maybe that's kind of also the place for the, um, to bookmark some of the mobility managers um, duties and efforts um, as that moves forward as well. So just an idea to toss out. Dave, the Jessica Martin Transportation Planning Manager, Dave Cronin, do you have anything specific you can think about in terms of CIP or planning for any projects that you guys have going on next year that you would need our involvement in? Um, well, next year we are <clears throat> working on, uh, well, I guess we're starting this year to work on plans to reconstruct Wakarusa. But I think in the future, the the I think the two big corridor expansion projects for streets would be West 6th Street and Bob Billings, uh, west of K-10. Um, so those, those are on my mind that could be maybe tied into the travel demand model with the, I guess, transportation 2050 or the update of the transportation plan. So those streets or, um, other, uh, arterials that we may extend to serve, uh, growth, uh, whether it be Haskell or 31st street or, or any other streets. So that might be kind of folded into the TDM, but um the only other thing i would um mention would be a corridor or access management plan for 6th street um uh between uh downtown i guess mass street and um castled wakarusos somewhere in there um we've talked about that before um um it just hasn't risen to the level of some of the other things that we've been working on, you guys have been working on, so, but. <clears throat> Jeff, 
Jessica, this is Alice Kedot. The 23rd Street Corridor studies that were going to happen, have those just been kind of put on hold indefinitely? Yeah, Jessica Morton's your transportation planning manager. Um, yes, when we made the decision to invest and share some of the responsibility for the transit route redesign and recognizing that our remaining funding priorities have to go towards um, having resources to update our model, uh, travel demand model for our plan development, we really kind of exhausted our financial capacity to support consideration of any additional corridor planning work along 23rd Street. Um, the commission, I also believe, and Jeff, you can speak to this, um, the city, what the city commission has postponed um, some of that project. Um, we're waiting for the recommended uh, CIP uh, to come out from the city of Lawrence. Um, but I, I know... Um, between that and the land development code, I believe the land development code is going to likely be prioritized um, that update uh, over additional corridor planning work, but that will still have that public process. So um, at this time, I don't know that that's on a work plan for 2022. Yeah, I, I seem to remember it got kind of hijacked with the pandemic and public participation and, and priorities had changed. I just didn't remember what had happened. Secretary of Planning and Development Services, we did have it going, we were have it going last year, which turned out to be the middle of the pandemic. So we had to put that on pause for a bit to, to go with it, but we still have it as part of our CIP. And I think it's still in the mix. Um, so it could be a future item coming out, but you know, at the moment, I think it's a little, a little murky, but it's something we're still we're still tracking and, and hoping to see happen sometime soon. That's cool. I just that's fine. Yeah, but I guess Jeff Jeff's saying that this is just more under transportation planning manager Jeff's statement about that really would be we are seeing that meaning a Lawrence project. There won't necessarily there might be coordination with MPO and process around transportation planning, but it won't be an MPO project. Okay. Cool. This is Chad Voigt, County Engineer. Um, Jessica, can we talk a little bit about the idea of road classification updates? And I'll, I'll share with the group what I just recently kind of learned. Um, we had, I think in 2017, we went through and just did some minor edits to our functional classifications for federal highways. And the KDOT map just came out last month or in May. Um, and we actually have some new um, RS routes, which are the federal aid routes. And those are falling on, in some cases, township roads. And so I don't think we realized the significance at the time of our actions and decisions about future uh, road classifications. And, you know, in one case, it's way out south and it's a road that's on section line, looks like. You know, if you were planning urban growth out there, it would make sense to run that uh, major collector down that section line. But, you know, you go through there today and it's a township road and there's no way we want to make it a county road right now. But it's coming back to us as an RS route. And there's a statute that says that because of that, it's automatically a county maintained road. And so I think we want to maybe make some corrections to that classification map to pull back from some of those locations. Um, and then there's another area that's kind of going the other way where I was trying to 
figure out how how the county could maybe take over. Um, it'd be Lawrence East 15th Street extended east where it becomes 1500 road we've got a lot of people that go back and forth from Eudor to lawrence that way um you know i've heard comments about eventually having a bike route along the side of the road to connect the two cities um and right now that's a walkers township road but it goes the other way on the new kdot map because what they do is they use the last census that was available which in that case was 2010 and they look at the urban uh, area boundary, which is defined simply by population density. It's nothing to do with city limits. And that basically wipes out everything in that area for county purposes. So it's all on the city maps. And I, I think that the county still could maintain that. So so looking at like the next, or maybe at this work plan next year, we could look at what is the county going to do in the interim before Lawrence ever grows that way? So, David, you were thinking about things to the west, and I'm kind of thinking about things to the east. It's an area that doesn't seem like it will annex or change in the near future, and and yet we have some serious uh, travel demand and some needs there for traffic that I think the county really has a better role in. Um, it also could relate to Nori Road and and us maybe having an agreement to work on that um, and make that just a continual county route uh, through that area. So just some ideas, but um, but that's what I've been thinking about. And and then Jessica, I had that question for you. How can we how can we do an update to our functional classification? Yeah, and Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager, we just started looking at that. We updated our functional classification map prior to the last long range plan update. And so that would be something we can entertain um, with I'm working on a UPWP amendment for this year if we want to begin some of that work prior to what we envisioned for the plan development next year. But at the latest, we would be doing that um, in 2022, I think. So we let's have that conversation about timeline um, and we'll see what we can do to figure it into the workload to see what impacts that conversation may or may not have um, on your process. Does that work? Yeah, that's great. Jeff Craig, Planning Development Services. Any other items for the list or any additions to add for kind of the kickoff for the UPWP? Yeah, so I guess I'll just, Jeff, I'll just add one more thing. Just more into transportation planning manager. We envision what this process looks like now is we draft up a draft um, UPWP that gets um, sent out for uh, solicitation for comments from our state and federal partners. Um, and then we um, bring it back to you, I believe. And then we release uh, for, you'll see it as a draft before we release for a public comment period, before we're asking for your approval. We actually, we like to frame that, are asking for recommendations of your approval to send to MPO Policy Board, hopefully in November. We like to get that adopted by November, the end of November. Um, so it's ready and in play for 2022. Yeah, so I will also throw open for public comment while taking off. Uh, I want to leave that out there. Does anybody know the public like to comment on this? Feel free to raise your digital hand or let Ashley know that you'd like to. 
I'm not seeing anybody wanting to comment on this item. So, Jessica, for this, we don't need a motion. It's maybe we just kind of see this return back in a very short period of time with, you know, in a draft format for us to go forward with. Jeff Craig Planning and Development Services. That is the rather long regular agenda that we've had. Um, we don't have that long, so we'll kick this over to the, the quick update side of thing. And I think Jessica's just going to quick quickly go through those with us and kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, two things real quickly. Jessica Morton's your transportation planning manager that we have on your agenda. One um, is the link um, to the transit uh, route redesign information page of that process that's ongoing. There's currently a server survey out to gather information from people. Adam, if you want to say anything about that, you can in a second. And the other link on your agenda is the monthly KDOT update that they provide um, to you all for your information about upcoming programs, project dates, and information. Um, any questions about either of those things or other comments, we'd be happy to entertain those. Saddle Michael, I'll just mention that that survey that's out, we are um, going to close that at the end of this week. We've got close to 500 responses, which has been really great. Um, the big piece of that has really been pushing people on trade-off questions. Um, we have a limited budget, so kind of forcing the choice between you know, two difficult things that, that both could improve transit, but we can't afford to do both. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to look at that, I think it'll it'll be really good. It'll give our consultant um, an idea of what our priorities are so they can start putting together scenarios, which is the next phase of that work. Jeff Craig Planning and Development Services, that's all of our quick updates. Um, any other business to bring to the meeting this afternoon? All right, well, seeing none, our next meeting is August 3rd or another date as necessary by the TAC there. And Jessica, correct me if I'm wrong here because I always get my meetings mixed up. This one, we do not need a motion to adjourn. Is that correct? All right. Well, everybody, it's great to see you all again. If no one has any further business on that one, I will call the meeting to adjourn. So thanks, and we'll see you all soon. Thank you.